0: This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast for visiting television sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, Comeback Mrs. Noah, episodes one and two.
1: Oh isn't that beautiful? What is it? <laughs>
2: it's the Earth. <laughs> Where's England?
1: Should be coming round again in a minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, just north of Africa. Surrounded by the oil slick.
2: <laughs> oh, didn't we get to be a When will we go back?
0: But it might be quite a few days. <laughs> might even be a few weeks. Are they awake? <laughs> I'm afraid this has come as a bit of a shock to you, Mrs. Noah.
2: It's come as a bit of a shock to all of us, isn't it? <laughs> I guess think it does.
1: I've left a chicken in the oven.
0: Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast with a stiff upper lip. <laughs>
1: I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? I have a question for both of you, because we have a guest here, which we'll introduce in a second. I've said this many, many times. But is this the worst thing we've ever seen? Mm, no. No? You don't think it's the worst thing? No, I don't think so. Nico, is this the worst thing you've ever seen?
2: Uh, it was objectively quite terrible. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Listen, Bionic <laughs>
1: Woman was worse than this. You think Bionic Woman was worse than this?
2: Whoa, yeah, 100%. Oh,
0: wow. This was only 20 minutes long. That's true. It's short. <laughs> All right. Well, Jordan, as you mentioned, we have a guest with us, a returning guest. Welcome back to the show, Nico.
2: Hi, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me back.
0: What was the last show you were on for? What did we make you watch last time?
2: Uh, The Day of the Triffids.
0: Ah, yes. Day of the Triffids. He's our British expert.
2: It's true. I'm, you know, half, therefore, the most European and exotic people you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, did you you know that Jordan holds you personally responsible for what he calls your people's creations?
2: (laughs) Honestly, we'll talk about it in a second, but this show is simultaneously the most British and the most offensively British thing that I've
1: ever seen. <laughs> I have a theory that based on watching this show and their obsession with weirdly sexual gags that no one in Britain had sex until about 1982.
2: That seems about accurate, you know. I mean, the sexual stuff didn't bother me as much as the racist stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was the racist and, you know, there was a lot of fawning and burping it's like that big punchlines. <laughs> the audience loved it. do you think
0: that audience is live?
1: (laughs) No, no, that audience is recorded later. Now, I don't know what they pumped into these people, but I've never laughed as hard as anyone in that audience has laughed at any of these gangs.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we're watching a BBC series from 1978 called "Come Back, Mrs. Noah. Uh, Were either of you aware of this series?
1: Do you have any any concept of this existing? (laughs) I don't, but I think Nico's parents still watch it.
2: It's true. I I grew up with it. We actually we had a a, a poster on my bedroom wall. Uh, it's of Mrs. Lo- of, Noah. Uh, of Mrs. Noah and the spinoff series, uh, "Go Away, Mr. Noah." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, it aired from December 13th, 1977 to August 14th, 1978. And uh, well, that was on television. This is what was happening in the world around it. I know you love this part, George. I do. This is what you're waiting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, July 21st, 1978, Josh Hartnett is born. And the world was never the same. That's a poster you had on your wall, right, Jordan? That's true. Jordan, I'm
2: shocked you know who Josh Hartnett is. Too recent for him? All right, everyone. <laughs> I actually saw him in a play in the West End. He was um the Tom Cruise role in uh, Rain Man. Oh, crazy. Yeah. It was a play of Rain Man? Yeah, they made a play of it. Weird. Yeah, he was okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, July 25th, 1978 The first test tube baby is born Also in the UK Oh, that is interesting Oh Well, and here I am <laughs> uh, July, 19, uh, July 28th, 1978 Animal House, released in theaters <laughs>
1: Animal House A very different comedy than this And August 6th, 1978 Pope Paul VI dies uh, And that's just before uh, Pope John? Pope hey, I've Paul,
0: never or...
2: heard of this Pope. I didn't know about him, so this is news to me. Honestly, Pope Paul VI, Sixth, my number two Pope of all time. <laughs> number two Pope. number Number two Pope. Who's number one? Uh, Leo the Thirteenth. Ah. what's he most famous for? I have <laughs> I, some some Catholic stuff. I don't know. It was uh, it was all in Latin. You know, it's hard to follow.
0: Listen, uh, Catholic and their sex is Jordan's favorite topic. He loves to get into it. <laughs> all right and one last thing just for the continuum drag listeners and jordan the pilot for come home mrs noah premiered during another show we watched can you guess jordan 1978 uh what's the invisible show
1: oh gemini man no if it's a corollary jordan this is coming out at the same time as quark Oh, was quark it's very funny uh nico you probably don't know this but we watched a show that's
2: very similar to this
1: only it's it's a comedy set in space, but it's a space janitor who cleans up space garbage.
2: I, I actually listened to one of your episodes on that.
1: Just to get ready for
2: this. <laughs> that was the, the first time. I was like, oh, I'll do some research and I'll listen, to, <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to them talk about Quark. It just
0: told me that in 1978, around this time, the world was demanding a comedy about people in space. I guess, huh? And they regretted their decision to demand it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the first episode. Here's the IMDb To Be Summary for episode one pilot in 2050 mrs noah is taking a tour of britain's latest space station the britannia 7 when she and several of her companions are accidentally launched into space and that was courtesy
1: of bgp bgp do you think it's a british petroleum
2: <laughs> I, I don't know perhaps well they make they make a joke later on in the show about how all of europe is an oil slick so actually that could very well be it
0: I mean, that is a weird running gag because when this show starts off, I guess we're watching in show, we're watching a broadcast of a news program called Far and Wide, which is
2: this a real news program? Well, so, so I looked at the Wikipedia. It's apparently a parody of Nationwide, which was a news magazine show. In oh, the UK. I see.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're watching the 7,581st edition on June 22nd, 2050. Very yeah. specific. <laughs> hmm. Mm. But, yeah, they start off by, like, listing a bunch of uh, stories in the news of the day, which I guess these stories are all, like, one of them I could tell was a joke, but the other two I was unclear,
1: but, like, based <laughs> on the laughter was my only indication these were jokes. <laughs> I mean, you could say that about most of the things of this show. The only way you know that they're a joke is that the audience is laughing, but you're left going, what, what, what did they say? I don't even know what the joke is.
2: I will say they make a Thatcher gag in that that I had a very haughty chuckle to.
0: There you go, because, the, yeah, the news of the day is... Margaret Thatcher's getting a memorial in Red Square, Moscow, yep. which was the only joke I could identify. Yeah. But the other two were the German mark is surviving and graffiti in the channel
1: uh, the Channel tunnel. And I was
0: just like, are those are those two things
1: jokes? I think the joke about Germany was that Germany is not the economic power that they are at this time. I think that's the joke. It's barely a joke. And then the other one was like, it would be hard to do
0: graffiti in the channel tunnel. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Or that there's graffiti in all tunnels, so isn't that funny? Either way, the audience loves it. (laughs) They're falling off their chairs. But the big story in this newscast is the Britannia 7, a yet-to-be-launched space station shaped like a big old wheel with spokes, like a big old bicycle wheel. Uh, And it was built with sterling surplus from the North Sea oil, which I guess that is also a joke, that there is oil in the North Sea, which is, I guess, why it's also surrounded in oil slicks.
2: No, that, that's actually a real thing. I, I didn't really get that gag at all because, uh, yeah, North Sea oil is a thing. And that's, you know, kind of the whole bedrock of Scottish independence is like, oh, we, <laughs> we have our own oil. We'll be fine.
1: They make the joke later. I think, uh, Luke, you mentioned it, that they uh, it has this oil rig or whatever has exploded. And so most of Europe is now under under an oil slick because I think they say England just north of Africa. Or something like that. Yeah, and it's and England is covered in an oil slick. Yeah, yeah. But somehow it doesn't seem to affect anyone. in like, like I mean, maybe it's asking too much for the show. But everything just like still seems like 1970s England. <laughs> no one's having a bad effect from this.
0: I mean, the world building is mostly jokes and not yeah. like consistent. But uh, this was the <laughs> this was the one that the audience laughed at so hard that I just like couldn't. <laughs> I mean, it was funny to me how hard the audience laughed at this. But the space station has been built by the. Pontifact International Space Complex
1: or as it's better known its acronym Pisk. They laugh every time at this. And I guess, and correct me if I'm wrong guys, the joke is that
2: it kind of sounds like piss. That's the joke. I don't know if it's that or if it's like, you know, <laughs> when like you know that sound you make when you dismiss someone like they're like, "Oh, psk, psk." Oh.
1: Oh. Either way, I don't think it's that funny, but again, the audience is tearing the place apart laughing
2: anytime they say Pisk. Every time, every time. They just, yeah, they can't get enough of that.
0: Um, the, the newscast throws to our BBC roving reporter, Clive Cuncliffe. Cuncliffe? Cunliffe. Maybe that's it. And he's, he's broadcasting live from the launch site. He's going to be doing a tour of the space station with the particular character, Mrs. Gertrude Noah, winner of Modern Housewife magazine's cooking competition. Uh, I think she won, didn't they say she won for like some sort of roundy perhaps? She made the best Bakewell tart. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Everyone likes a Bakewell. (laughs) It's a staple food. Um, And we know it's the future because they start showing off all of these smart devices they have. Um, For instance, they have a as they call it, an auto self-seeking electronic camera, which records the BBC reporter, which they tell us it's automatic because it just focuses in on the most exciting thing it sees. And what's the most exciting things this camera can see? Nico? Booms. <laughs> Mrs. Ger- Mrs. Gertrude Noah's bust is it's it's very excited to zoom
1: in on his, her bust. And to show it, it like little flaps on the sides, like it's got fins. It's like flapping in
2: excitement. <laughs> is
0: this camera horny? Is that what's supposed to be happening? <laughs>
2: Well, that's the setup to the first racist joke of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's the first racist joke. It's the first racist joke that I clocked. There may may have been many preceding, which is that it's not automatic. It's actually being controlled by this man with a heavy Jamaican accent. That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure that's what's happening, which is very funny, because they also talk about uh, the BBC reporter has a smartwatch that talks in a French accent. And then when they try to get on the elevator, the elevator is also controlled by an AI. And I believe the elevator's AI has the Jamaican accent.
1: Yeah, he says, I won't do the accent, but what it says, mind the doors, man, but in a Jamaican accent. Oh, but you are right. My note is also a first racist joke. <laughs> I don't know like how deep you want to get into this, but I think there's supposed to be an underlying comment that, uh, not the most nuanced comment that multiculturalism has taken over more in England because you have these sort of off comments. The joke, though, is—is is, isn't it hilarious that we have people of different cultures and races now in England? That's that's hilarious, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, that definitely comes in the second episode. Like one of the news stories in that one, uh, they open it up along those lines. But yeah, it's like you know the the elevator is made in Notting Hill Gate. It's like, Oh, look how like exotic and, you know, filled with minorities, Notting Hill Gate is. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's just like, well, that's probably true, but I don't think that's a joke. <laughs> yes. Shockingly people of other races exist.
0: <laughs> that, I mean, that is like all of the racist jokes in this seem to boil down to the idea of like, can you believe there are other people? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, they get on board this space station for the tour and, uh, miss noah is greeted by a string of people where the joke of this is all of these people introduce themselves like there's just like a (laughs) five minute scene where she meets like 35 people and they're like hi i'm mr this i'm mrs that and i'm just like is this the joke that she just meets 35
1: people in a row i think the big joke is that they're all very specific specialties so they're like i'm a Doctor of this, or I'm a doctor of that, and then the last guy's like, I'm the caterer. That's the joke. <laughs> like, can you believe once a caterer? That's what the joke is. But of these like
0: 75 characters she meets, two of them will be our regular characters, Mr. carster and Mr. Fanshaw, respectively, a proton physicist and a neutron physicist.
1: Do you think those are two schools? They don't get along. <laughs>
2: Well, where's the electron <laughs> physicist?
1: Could have been a Tria. They could have been a real three stooges.
2: Well, that's probably how this whole, you know, mix-up happens. It's because they're missing the third of that Tria. These physicists present Miss Noah with
0: her one of her prizes for winning the bake-off or whatever she won, which is an atomic teapot that also leads to another racist joke, but I'm not going to get into that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't get what the joke is. I'll, I'll say this. it's They have the tea, and he goes, do you want... Chinese or Indian tea? Is that what he says? Yes. yes. And then she goes, I don't even remember what she says. Let's say she says Chinese. And he just turns the spout. But I don't get what the joke is.
2: Ah, uh, do you want to cover it, Nico? Nico, what, What's the joke? I was a 100%, but it's one of two things. One is how a teapot looks in those two countries, but I think the more obvious one is... It's the one that's most obvious. Um, it's a comment on uh, Chinese people's eyes.
0: Because the teapot is uh its spout is quite oh long
1: i didn't understand yeah. i thought it was like the color of the tea or something like the racist joke is so dated i don't even understand it
2: because the spout the spout is kind of rectangular so they turn it horizontally
1: okay well good on you guys i didn't even catch it that's well good for you you, you got to survive that one <laughs> <laughs> so sorry wait, let's take a tell is that number two that i mean that's certainly number two Quite, quite emphatically. <laughs> <laughs> and then they begin
0: their tour by showing off just this, like, computer terminal that they use to... I guess there's a storage room on the ship in which you can type numbers in and call up any sort of... It's kind of their replicator. Like, you can call up anything you want from storage via this computer terminal. But this is just a running gag that I think is hilarious <laughs> in that it just brings them the wrong thing every time. But they just... They'll do it like seven times in a row. It's like, I brought you a fish in a
1: bowl this time, but you wanted tea. But Luke, I think you're missing what the funniest part of this is, is that every time it replicates something, the door opens and it makes a fart noise, which <laughs> which is just, is just, they go down that well so many times. Like, every time, like, oh, type in, type, 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 <laughs> type, 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 <laughs> and the audience, I'm telling you, they're
2: ripping the walls down. They love it so much. <laughs> Nothing gets the good people going, like, endless repetitive font jokes. Also, Also, I think, I'm not sure if it was, like, a button they press, or if there's a guy off camera with a mic just making font noises the entire time. That wouldn't surprise me. I think so. I think that's my guess. But I have so many comments on that computer system. Just how ineffectual it is? Well, no, so it's... You know, it's uh, what you would call it. It's very similar to there's a store in England called Argos. Okay. Where you walk into a store and there's nothing on the shelves. There's just a whole bunch of catalogs on the wall. Oh. And you flip through the catalog, you type in whatever code into the machine uh, and it tells you if it's in stock. And then you go with the code to the cashier and they do exactly what the machine does. Is they this is
0: like a high-tech version of the Canadian company, consumers, distributors, no
2: longer in business. Oh, that was a thing over here too?
0: Yeah, you'd go in with a brochure and
1: talk to the man at the front and be like, bring me this, and he'd wander into a warehouse and bring you back something. It was a lot of like, you can't see the stuff. I, we promise you we have it, but it's in the back. You can't see it.
2: Question. Did the guy make a font noise every single time he brought a knight
0: 100%. I mean, of course. When I went in. If you want to get a laugh. And I was like, you, sir, uh, here's the code for the Captain Picard action figure. Please bring it to me. He would make a <laughs> fart noise and water to the back.
2: <laughs> Just be like, oh, not this again.
1: <laughs> I have to say, it is probably one of the funnier things on this show. I mean, the fart noise is better than the
2: Jamaican uh, elevator.
0: That's true. <laughs> At least the <laughs> fart noise has aged well.
2: i mean again timeless (laughs) yeah yeah it's not gotten worse anyway (laughs) exactly the teapot joke not so much Funning? absolutely (laughs) uh it's at
0: this point we get an explanation for britannia 7's mission uh apparently this ship is going to go on a 60 year journey at one tenth the speed of light with 500 crew members i guess to just explore the galaxy and this is raised i guess some questions as to how 500 people will survive in space and they show us a couple of the futuristic devices they've created to help Uh, one and they're all based around keeping people kind of entertained one is a a pleasure helmet which is just this like weird looking hat you have to put on and i guess the premise is it's going to stimulate your neurons in a way that like simulates something you would do on earth like for they're like why don't you try it on miss noah we've looked into your background so we're going to put in a chip for your favorite sport so you can feel it and it turns out
1: Mrs. Noah's favorite sport is professional wrestling. Yeah, Nico, I thought of you when this uh, when this scene came on because I thought that's what Nico would have on his helmet. It would go right to professional wrestling from about what 1998.
2: Yeah, or you know, I'll, I'll do a little bit of the 2000s. You know, the rise of John Cena. You know, before he gets <laughs> too cliche.
1: <laughs> but
0: uh, they put this little chip into the helmet. And this just causes Mrs. Noah to, like, start shouting and raving
1: and putting the uh, BBC reporter in a headlock. A sleeper hold, if you will. It's like a VR joke. I mean, we've seen it in so many shows. It's just done with, like, really broad comedy, right? It's like, wouldn't it be hilarious for this housewife, one, to watch wrestling, two, to be so into it that she's like... She's screaming at the wrestlers and also physically acting it out. That's the joke. This is the most I like Mrs. Gertrude, uh, Noah, though. When, when we discovered that she's a big professional wrestling fan, I'm like,
0: I, 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 I'm interested in this character
2: now. I agree. It's a first personality trait beyond being like a mildly shrill housewife.
1: <laughs> you guys don't like the gags later when you kind of see her underwear? That's the joke. It
0: is funny that every character in this, maybe the BBC report is the only exception, but everyone's just like, mildly personable like nobody's like no one has any different personality traits they're all just like okay with every those put up with anything you throw at them no one's upset or angry at any moment they're
1: all just like okay but <laughs> like, these aren't entertaining characters i actually didn't even know like they give character names i didn't bother learning them because there's no real difference in any of these characters like one might have a mustache that's about it but there's no defining traits in any of these people they're all just broad people that are there to react to situations that's all it is
2: i agree like i only remember them as like what their jobs were so it's the two mathematicians mrs noah and the reporter guy that's all yeah. I. Remember. well and
0: in this pilot too they introduce you to so many characters and they're all they all get like random lines i couldn't tell who was going to be a regular until i got to episode two yeah uh the next device they show her is the dream simulator it's a like big black sarcophagus that you get in and their theory is that on a 500 year mission the crew will be so bored they'll forget About dreaming or they'll forget to. their dreams will be so boring (laughs) that they need to, like, be stimulated in their dreams is the concept. This didn't feel fully baked, did it? Yeah. But basically what it is is just so they can show that they have a, like container full of discs that are full of dreams although all the dreams seem to be
1: celebrities you can have sex with but they also make a weird joke like the whole thing becomes like robert redford she's like i remember that like oh slide whistle um but then they uh there's a joke where they make uh, they say ringo Starr invented the telephone and i i don't know what the joke was the joke is that it's been so long that they don't know what's happening in history or is this something funny in ringo Starr's history that i don't
2: get I think it was a comment either on, like you said, it's been so long people forgot the Beatles, or people just don't remember Ringo Starr, like he's the Beatle everybody that's, forgets. I, that's
0: the joke, I think, because that, that's the thing, they're like, "That's not strong. we have Ringo Starr or or we have Robert Redford, and they're like, who's Ringo Starr? But for some reason, like, Mrs. No's like, I remember Robert Redford, and I'd love to get into the dream sack with him, so she's very excited to, like, hop into that dream sarcophagus.
2: Unfortunately for her it's already occupied
0: yes the the maintenance man garstang is inside and uh he's hanging he's he's using the dream disc for last year's mrs universe did either of you catch her name
2: uh it was boobies <laughs>
0: uh, yes booby
1: lefan <laughs> this show is so bad <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man so was they, do you think that's our given name well, my, my favorite part is when they open the door to reveal the maintenance man in there <laughs> the only <laughs> thing he says is boobies <laughs> <laughs> just for a pizza Ugh.
0: it is it is so weird that whole joke did just so weird <laughs> anyway uh yeah. well this tour is happening back in mission control they receive an emergency blue seven alarm and There's this weird thing where they're like, they don't think anyone is on the space station, so they're not super worried about it. Um, But apparently the only people left on there are Mrs. Noah, Clive from the BBC, our two physicists, and this maintenance man. So they're they're very slow to let anyone know what's happening uh, with with the problem happening on this space station. But when they find out they're there, they're like, hey, can you guys try to stabilize the ship so it doesn't crash or something? So we get some weird gag where they're like trying to stable they're all holding on to like joysticks trying to stabilize the the ship but that doesn't work and finally they're like all right we've got to launch the space station into orbit and park it there so that we can prevent it from crashing and we get some of the funner miniature work on this show where we get to see this like space station launch and then once it gets to space we get this extended gag where
1: mrs noah is on the wires floating in zero G trying to use the bathroom. It's the second time in two episodes. Well, this is the first of the two times in two episodes where she needs to go to the washroom. And I think the joke is, isn't it hilarious that people need to use the washroom?
2: Either that or that women have small bladders. I don't know which is the bigger thigh slapper.
1: Yeah, but this this scene, like you said, Luke, is is really, isn't it funny to have like a middle-aged woman kind of float
2: around on wires and being like,
1: oh, dear heavens.
2: (laughs) What my favorite part of that is, is that... You know, so she's floating around. But these guys are on office chairs with wheels on them. Like, there's nothing that's keeping the chairs to the ground. They're not bolted in. These are just, like, random office chairs. I think it checks the... out. <laughs> and they've got, like, these crappy um airplane seatbelts that they're keeping them in. And they're just like, oh, what an idiot floating above us. It is a
1: good point, though. Uh, the, the effort given to the set design is about as minimal as possible. It's just like a slightly yellow room with some desks that have like silver trim on it. That's the the future. Oh, and I think there's like maybe one panel on the wall.
2: I do appreciate how in, I don't know if it's just in the British shows, but in those 70s sci-fi shows, they imagine the future as being beige. Like everything is beige. <laughs> everything is tan. The furniture is tan. The uniforms are beige. Like everything is like this off- yellow rusted color
0: <laughs> i mean that's a very good description of the set the set deck in this it's it's all just very bland yeah at any rate uh mrs noah they do some terrible wire work to simulate zero g but she's able to use her bottle of perfume to quote squirt herself around and uh turn on the gra the gyro gravity so they're able to walk around because you can't afford wire work every episode
1: well that gag's done i mean they did it Everyone laughed. It's time to move on. You saw
0: Mrs. Noah's <laughs> skirt. There couldn't be anything funnier. <laughs> <laughs> um, they all go and have a little look out the window, seeing Earth from space. Mrs. Noah comes to the realization that now she's stuck up in space. And she exclaims that she left a chicken in the oven at home. What's you going to do?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the stakes have never been
0: higher. This is the big gag they end on, is her realizing she has a chicken in the oven. And then we cut to what was the most shocking moment of the series is there's the closing credit sequence with a full musical number that is sung and danced by people in spacesuits that look like the Michelin
1: Man. Yeah. And they do like the full because the whole theme song at the beginning is maybe like 15 seconds. And then you get the whole like three minute song of them dancing to this like ragtime jazz tune. It's pretty bad.
0: It was I was blown away that there was like five minutes of a dance sequence at the end
1: by these Michelin men. I was like, what is happening now? <laughs> my note at this point was oh my this
2: is atrocious
0: very very rough start to this show <laughs> I'm, I'm,
2: I'm glad it took you the full 25 minutes to come to that realization John. <laughs> well now i know
1: about the uh tea kettle i would have said it earlier
2: <laughs> at the time you just thought it was a commentary on uh you know on fixable tea
1: i part. thought it was a joke on the different type of tea leaves i don't know <laughs>
2: All right, let's
0: get to the next episode. Here's the IMDb summary for episode 2: in orbit.
1: Venting system will
2: operate in five seconds Four, three, two, one. What do you think a venting system is??
0: Mrs. Noah and her friends try to get used to life in space as ground control tries
1: to bring them back home. And that was also courtesy of BGP. Do you think every episode is going to start with this newscast? Because that's what we get two episodes in a row.
2: Absolutely. I think this
1: is going to be the framing device
0: because not only are we back at the far and Wise newscast, it is literally the next day's newscast. Like, this is happening in real time, this show. (laughs) Sure. Again, we get a bunch of news stories off the top that I did not understand Uh, The new London airport is in the Occhies. I don't know what that means. It's in the Orkney Islands.
2: So, like, way north of Scotland.
0: Okay, that's hilarious. That's how big London is, I guess? In
2: 2050, yeah, why not, you know? But, Luke, you liked about the robot layoffs, though, right? Yeah, there's some
1: sort of
0: strike at the robot factory. Yeah. And then just a very racist joke.
1: (laughs) So, but what is it? I wrote down the names. It said Ram Jam Patel won the boxing championship against... And the name is it correct me if I'm wrong, Peng Dong Schlossman? Yes. Yes. But I yes. don't even I don't even know who's that who's that racist to. What is that?
2: Well so I think the first well first of all, the laugh track kicks in as soon as they say the name <laughs> Ram Jam Patel. It's not <laughs> like they wait till the end of the joke. It's like British boxing champion Ram Jam Patel. And everyone's like, Oh, that's freaking hilarious. Yeah,
1: stop. Don't even that's... keep going, I'm already there. No
2: do do the <laughs> idea that like an indian guy is a british and be good at boxing shut up well and that's
0: the that's how the joke continues cuz the second boxer is from italy but like you give him the most racist chinese name possible and then you're just like ah you guys did it again how do you guys keep hitting out of the park like this
2: you know what i think the italian name is a little bit more nuanced and it's Racism, <laughs> because because he it's, has the
0: last name Schlossmeyer or whatever.
2: Yeah, I think that's just a comment on just like a, to Jordan's point earlier, just like all the multiculturalism. Like he's got this very offensive Chinese name followed by a German name, and he's Italian. Yeah,
0: I think that like that is the joke of all these race jokes. Mm. Is like in the future we will all have multiculturalism. Yeah, <laughs> there couldn't be
2: anything funnier. Exactly. <laughs> Just the idea of multiculturalism is inherently hilarious. In
0: 1978 UK, it's the funniest thing you can think of. Well. Anyway, uh, the news goes on to talk about Britannia 7 finally and kind of the grim fate they're facing up in space. Mission Control calls up to them and we get to see our, our, I guess, our five lead characters up there. And they're kind of explaining to them that they want to try to bring them down from space. But I guess their re-entry rockets won't work because if they try to re-enter the atmosphere, they're all burned up. So they're going back to their secondary plan of bringing in an emergency space rescue craft to
1: shoot, to to send up to get them. But it's stuck in traffic because there's a soccer game happening. Yeah. I didn't actually even get like, uh, like, I mean, I'm not trying to ask too much for this show. But that's sort of like this little side plot is, oh, we can send up a ship to save them. But it, even for this show, it doesn't go anywhere and it doesn't really set up any jokes. So I didn't even know why they even bothered. Why don't I just spend five more minutes on the uh, the inflatable bed suits they have at the, that take up the last third of the episode?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the joke was more than just like, can you believe something stuck in traffic?
2: Like, that's the joke. Well, no, I, th- I think, f- I mean, the fact that we're, we have three different interpretations <laughs> of this terrible joke. <laughs> but, but my interpretation is just how everybody is obsessed with sports and how that supersedes everything. Right, right. Miss Noah then makes a joke being like, ever since we went to the two-day work week (laughs) everyone's obsessed with sports and i'm like "Well, that's just an extra layer of exposition that this entire scenario did not did not require i should also mention
1: though that nico that joke you just you said about the two-day work week i didn't hear that and i'm assuming all of us probably picked up a few different jokes that the others didn't hear because god bless this audience who are having the time of their life it's so loud and over so many jokes that you can't catch half the dialogue did did, did, am i the only one who felt that way
0: yeah when it came to jokes i just like i would try to pay attention to the plot but like some of those jokes i also didn't hear the two-day work week some of them just fly past you because there's so much happening and so much laugh track
2: i'll be honest i watched that 70s show a little bit and that laugh track completely inoculated me to all future (laughs) laughs anyway
0: uh mission control has something to cheer them up though they've gathered their loved ones at the bbc studio to speak with them and they uh throw to the bbc studio live where they where they immediately cut into i guess the reporter who's going to do the interviews with their loved ones telling their loved
1: ones that everyone up in space is going to be stuck there for
0: the rest of their lives in that space coffin
1: Mm -hmm. it is actually my favorite scene of the episode comes up though when they go to see uh mrs noah's husband it's my favorite scene. Well, let's talk Let's
0: talk about it. We only really meet three of their family. We, we, we get to meet Mr. Carstairs' wife, Mrs. Carstairs. He's one of the physicists. And she just starts weeping. She just starts weeping the second she starts talking to him because he's doomed. And he's just like, isn't that funny? She hasn't cried since her rabbit died. And I'm just like, what is happening? Is this the
1: joke?
2: I was about to say, it's the joke that... Housewives are repressed, or is it a joke that women are hysterical? Because it's one of the two, and I'm not quite sure which one it is.
1: I thought it was the the joke that British people the stereotype is how repressed they are with their emotions. That's what I thought the joke was. But I mean, it's anybody's guess.
0: My guess was the joke was she starts crying, and he's unable to in- in- connect the dots between the last time she cried was her rabbit dying, and that like he like he can't connect the dots that she's sad because he's clearly doomed like that he, that was the joke i thought is that he can't connect those two thoughts
1: i think you're probably right luke
0: and that's it that's the only thing they do with her they cut to mr fenshaw and they're like we wanted to bring your wife mrs fenshaw in but as you might recall because he says this off the top of the episode he's like i'm on vacation today so i don't have to worry he's just like your wife left on that vacation to i believe she was going to abiza so we couldn't get her to come to the studio and then he's just like, well, what about my brother? Couldn't he come in? She's like, And they're like, oh, no, sorry. He also went to Ibiza with your wife because there was an extra ticket.
1: I think they're having an affair. I mean, in this show,
0: everyone's wife is having an affair or husband.
1: Yeah, that's true. Which leads us to the next one. <laughs>
0: for some reason, Mr. Noah doesn't need to come to the studio. They've sent a live camera team to his home, which I thought was really... It's for really the gag. He's sitting in his chair. He's strangling a cat for some reason. <laughs>
2: Did you see? How is he holding that cat? It looked like he was killing it. Honestly, I wasn't sure if it was a cat or a Davy Crockett hat. like some, Just like some furry object that he was wrangling. He's like
0: clutching its head in his hands to the point that I couldn't tell it was a cat until he was like, I've got the cat with me. And he kind of lifts it up by its head and it like struggles against him. I'm like, what are they doing to that cat? But he's basically there to explain to Mrs. Noah, don't worry about him. He's going to be all right. As you'll recall, their busty young widowed neighbor... Has started coming around to take care of him while she's gone, and he she just like leans into so her breasts like hang over his yeah. head to be like, "Don't worry, Mrs. Noah, I'll take care of your husband."
1: This was like a classic sort of uh, uh like Benny Hill kind of joke, like something you'd you'd see in some like just these so broad comedies. Like, wouldn't it be funny if like big breasts are in your face? That's the joke.
2: <laughs> what I love is the level of specificity that they add to that joke. What twice he states that he's like we're in number 36 whatever street and our neighbor in number 38 <laughs> whatever street is coming over to visit me in number 36 yeah they want you to out. go
1: they want you to imagine the geography of this place you're like i'm like oh you know what they're next door neighbors she's not in 42 she's not down the street and then the gag finishes up because obviously we're just like
0: okay well we see the gag here mr noah and this lady are hooking up and they cut back, and, like, I think the BBC reporter's like, aren't you worried about that, Mrs. No? And Mrs. No is like, nope, he's
1: old. I'm like, okay. Yeah, the joke, is she, she. I think she actually says, no, he's so much older than her, so I'm not worried. You know, being that she's very naive that he would want to be with a younger woman. That's the joke, because, of course, it. he would want to. She had her breasts all over him. I
0: just, like, it's not a joke. Like, Everyone reacts with a non-reaction, so it's just like there's no comedy to be mine. It's just like the reaction is like, I don't care. It's like, okay, cool. I guess I won't either. Luke,
1: you're missing the point, though, because the audience clearly did think it was funny.
2: I'd rather the naive non-reaction than kind of, as you're referring to, you know, the kind of like semi-angry, like, that's annoying. And then they do nothing about it,
0: I guess. But like the rest of the episode, we're going to see Mrs. Noah and the BBC reporter have a
1: will they won't they relationship. And I was just like, at least tie those things together. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that there'd be a little bit they, if they're going to go for this comedy, they'd go all the way. Like as soon as uh, Mrs. Noah sees like her husband with a young woman, like like a dicky should have flapped up and hit her in the face or something like that. Like it should <laughs> just be all out slapstick if that's what they're going for. Um at
0: any rate, nobody nobody's from the BBC reporter Clive's family has come, but the BBC uh, does inform him in this call that he'll be staying on full salary in the interim and he seems quite pleased by that. Yeah. Why? It's it's just a joke on like how spoiled the BBC is. <laughs> Defund the BBC. That's what I say.
2: <laughs> well no but, but then but then they follow it up be like, We'll reevaluate after a month and then that's the punchline is that he's disappointed at that. And I'm like <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Don't know. <laughs> Thank you for this comment on BBC's HR policies. And and this
0: scene comes to an end and they're like, well, anyway, you guys want to get something to eat or something? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Why not? And we cut to the galley where they decide, let's eat some fresh scrambled eggs. And they punch into the computer and call up the, quote, space hen or robot chicken that provides fresh eggs on this spaceship. And this, I must say, I was
1: laughing hysterically this entire time. I have a question, though. So you get this robotic chicken that yes. kind of looks like a chicken that comes out, out of the table, and they have to put, like, nutrient pellets into yeah. it. you feed it a nutrient pellet to get a dozen eggs, yes. Doesn't this seem like a couple too many steps? Couldn't they just ask for eggs out of that replicator thing?
0: No, you, if you want them fresh, you got to ask for them out of this robotic chicken, which you feed a pellet, and then out of its, like, little butthole, it, uh,
1: <laughs> it's- itch-
2: Excuse you, sir. Did you see the size of that butthole? It was, it was big <laughs> enough for it, an egg. It was gigantic. <laughs> it was this <laughs> it was this massive chicken with a honestly like exhaust pipe size butthole. And the
0: entire time the chicken is flapping its robotic wings and making chicken noises. <laughs> like bark bark
2: bark bark. So in the credits, though it's clearly a guy on a mic yeah. as making the noises. Kenneth McDonald in the credits, wherever you are, I hope your grandchildren are proud that you are making the chicken sounds. Listen, on.
0: he was the highlight of this episode for me. This chicken was the only time
1: I laughed the entire two episodes. Nico, what's his credit as? As voice of butthole chicken? As space hen. Space hen. Anyway... The first egg comes out,
0: but the pressure is too high on the space hen. So it fires out the back of the chicken and explodes on a wall behind them. So they're like, wow, we got to turn down the pressure if we want these other 11 eggs. And I, the BBC reported this whole joke where he's going to try to like catch it like a backstop baseball player going to catch this egg shooting out. But the, they've turned down the pressure so the next egg rolls out quite casually. And then for whatever reason, the final 10 eggs... Come out conjoined in a row, like just like all connected. <laughs> like I, I get months. that
1: it looked weird, and I think that's the joke. Is like, so... isn't it weird how the eggs looked? But is that the joke? It's so funny for some reason. Well, it
2: it was horrifying. It was... I don't know what you're talking about. I was legitimately disgusted by that. It
0: was, and like Mrs. Noah looks down at this disgusting conjoined egg coming out, and she says, "I don't think much of that." And I lost
1: it.
2: So, first of all, it comes out in this big, you know, chain of eggs that looks like something. And then she's like, I don't like that. So then it gets sucked back up the butthole. It's because they say, let's start
0: again. I don't like these conjoined eggs. So they punch some command keys in. And yeah, it sucks all
1: 10 eggs back up inside. And then the chicken just explodes. It's, it's, I just, I don't, honestly, I was watching this. I was like, I don't, what is this show? Like, who is this for? Listen, this part was for me. I loved
0: every second of (laughs) it. Um, and this scene just ends and they're just like,
2: well, let's just eat
0: reconstituted eggs and edible plates instead. Then. Yeah. <laughs> and you see someone eat a plate. That's it.
2: Yeah. It's, they spend five minutes on this fucking hen And then it's just like, <laughs> they cut away to a dude eating a plate.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. Uh, anyway, the plot continues with mission control and they're, uh, they finally got that space rescue craft out of traffic and they're getting ready to launch it. And, uh, they're like, we better find a pilot to take it up. So um, we we pause to look at a list of pilots who are, for various reasons, uh, unavailable. Uh, one of the reasons being uh, probably anti-Semitism. Why was that one of the reasons? Uh, I think this is probably racist joke number four, but they like going through a list and they're like, oh, what about this pilot? And they're like, he's available. It's like, oh, no, his son's having his bar mitzvah. And then everyone starts laughing. <laughs> I didn't catch that one. And I was like, well, that's... I don't know what the joke is there, but I assume racism is still there. Anti-Semitism this time, maybe.
2: Still rich. Ripe for humor.
0: Um. So the only people left to do it are the head of mission control and his much younger second-in-command who is inexplicably
1: flirting with him the entire time. What else is she going to do? She's a... A woman character in a 1970s broad comedy. That's all she's there for. He's like a
0: 65-year-old man who just couldn't be less attractive. And she's like falling over herself. And he's like, I'm just like, what is this? I don't even understand. Um, But they miss their lunch window when she floods the engine and it won't turn over. So they've got to scrub the mission for 10 hours.
2: I I will say this episode, much more than the first, really hits that misogyny button hard. Yeah, absolutely. yeah the first one like you know it's in the background but this one they really just like swing for the fences true,
1: <laughs> they were getting all the kinks out in the first episode nico now they this is a well-oiled
2: machine mm-hmm. they
1: they know how to do what they want to do
2: exactly like this one you know she floods you know women drivers floods the engine uh <laughs> uh this, oh yeah we'll see it in a bit but they make like like a fat and an age joke against uh mrs noah in this episode too well we
1: should mention that 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 is i think going to be a crux of a lot of the humor going through the show is isn't it funny that one this lady's a housewife so she's maybe not the most intelligent woman is what they're saying she's a little bit overweight she's a little bit old and she's also a woman and so those jokes combined into this character of like isn't it funny if she falls over and you get to see her legs isn't it funny that she needs to use the washroom isn't it funny she doesn't understand how to use things and it's like i know it's all played for laughs but it's it's such lazy humor and the joke really is a built on she's not worth much right so let's just laugh at her
0: i mean that's that's the joke of the entire show
1: (laughs) and i mean look I, i realize maybe that's taking it too seriously for what this show is but at best this has aged very poorly at best
0: um anyway let's go back to uh, britannia 7 um the launch has failed so they decide maybe it's time to check out the sleep quarters but in order to get there we need to do a series of gags around the transport system that gets you around this uh space wheel which is a hydraulic suction tube transport system mm-hmm. and uh it's very this this goes on for so long but like the idea is no one knows how to work it because the physicists only know how to use the Mark I, not the Mark II suction tubes. So the British guy like just randomly punches buttons. And what that does is like we see one of the, they open a door and like the tor- the front half of the torso of like the maintenance man who is in the galley trying to make himself two cups of cocoa is sticking out. And he's just like, I was just in the galley and I got sucked up a tube. What's going on?
1: And I think this is the first of two jokes they make about these tubes. And, and the overall, I think, joke you're supposed to get from these tubes is, wouldn't it be funny if things flew up your butt? Yeah. Because they make that joke twice. Like, people are hanging in the tubes, and something comes, and they're like, oh Uh-oh. Right up my butt. That's the joke. Yeah, well, he was making those two cups of cocoa. He's he sucked up. We're only seeing the front half of his,
0: his torso. He's complaining he got sucked up. He was trying to drink this cocoa. That's a running... The entire episode, all this man talks about is making a cup of cocoa. Yeah. And then we hear this whooshing sound. And then this actor makes the craziest face. Because we're like, uh-oh, a cup of cocoa went up his butt. <laughs> what,
2: what, 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 I, what I appreciate about it is like that guy does such a crazy face. And then when they repeat the beat... Two minutes later with the BBC reporter, that actor barely reacts at all. He's just like, Well, do you know, you know why?
1: Like, because he's got he's got a butthole like that automatic chicken.
2: <laughs> Didn't even feel it. Well that that's just... that fit right in place.
1: <laughs> that's just it. Like they do
0: this whole gag with this maintenance man, and then they pull him out of the tube and Mrs. Noah informs them, hey, I can work this suction tube thing. It's just like my vacuum at home. So The BBC reporter gets in. He's like, send me to the sleeping quarters. And she punches in some numbers. And what it does is it sucks his pants off first. So his pants are gone. He's enjoying that, though. It looks like he feels some pleasure from that pants sucking off, if you will. (laughs) We will. And then she punches some more numbers in. And we get another whoosh. And he's just like, "Uh uh-oh. The other cup of cocoa went up my butt.
1: The writers were in the room and they thought, this gag is going to kill so bad do you think we can get away with doing it twice? And they said, yes, yes, let's do it. Coco up the butt.
0: There's a reason he said
1: he made two cups of
0: cocoa. They needed that yeah. second
2: one. Well, they don't really do any joke once in this show. Like every single joke comes in like a shotgun blast. <laughs> like, it's yeah, not... Nico, you have 30 minutes to fill. <laughs> have 30 minutes. So it's like cocoa up the butt. Let's do that twice. Uh, space hen, all right, let's have him like shit out the wrong kind of eggs three different times. We'll milk that for five minutes. Yeah. You know, oh, sports. Let's make references to that three times in two minutes.
0: But they finally do get to the sleeping quarters. We cut away. We never
2: see how they figure it out. But
0: what we see is we see their BBC reporter slide down a little slide into this room, followed by Mrs. Noah slides down behind him into the uh, into this this sleeping quarters they're going into. And uh, I don't know if either of you caught this, but there was like this one moment where like you actually saw the actors helping each other because when Mrs. Noah comes down that slide clearly they hadn't tested it before and like her her dress goes way too high up her body and like the guy playing the bbc reporter like really quietly sneaks behind her and pulls down her dress as she stands up because he's like this is bad like it was this one moment where you got a peek behind like this actor actually trying to prevent some humiliation to the actress i was like that's kind of nice
1: Oh, I didn't. I didn't notice, but uh, they really there was a lot of other scenes that could have prevented some humiliation of her.
0: Well, that's the thing is like this was not meant as a joke, and you could see one actor helping another out, and it was like the one moment where I was just like, "Oh, these are real people trying, just trying to do their job," and I appreciate that. <laughs> quick, quick vantage point.
2: You see, I one hundred percent thought that was a joke. Like I think you're right in hindsight, but at the time it was just like. I guess we can see up her butt now. Like, this is funny. Well, I, I was waiting for him to make a joke about it, too. But what, all
0: he does is he, like, tries to very casually sneak behind her and pull down her dress. And I'm like, oh, I think this is just a nice person doing a
1: nice thing for his co-worker. I have another uh, thing I could suggest. They could have also just done another take.
0: <laughs> Not, no, they don't have time. They don't have the money.
1: One take.
2: Yeah. The the, the audience wouldn't have laughed as hard the second That's time. true. That's true.
0: Um, at any rate, they're in these sleeping quarters. It's controlled by an AI that calls itself slumber control which is just there to be like be difficult for them to ask questions to
1: couldn't this uh, wasn't this uh being funnier though if they had done another like hilarious like ethnic stereotype on the voice yeah they really gave up on the idea they were going to do different ethnic stereotype for every AI mm-hmm. voice. i'm sure it'll be back though don't
0: worry they'll remember it all right I'm,
1: I'm a little worried i'm not going to get my fill of racist jokes uh,
2: jordan has a racist bingo card going. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's, it's not quite full
0: Uh, At any rate, Mrs. Noah arrives and once again, just like this period of time last episode, she has to use the little girl's room. Um, So the robot directs her to the bathroom and what she discovers in that bathroom is that the toilet is on the wall
1: next to the ceiling. Is the joke here how funny it is that women need to sit on the toilet and because this is inconvenient, she now can't sit on the toilet? Is that the joke or is the joke just toilets are funny? It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Hmm.
0: because yes the toilet's on the wall it's clearly impossible to use but when she tells clive to come in and see this toilet she she clives like well a little bit more of a problem for you than it is for me and i was just like are you telling me you can pee onto the roof and
2: not like you're just gonna urinate in your own face sir also they do a little joke there where he is like this tiny little trash can under the sink that he's like puts under the toilet he's like yeah stand on this and take a piss I know I was like what is
0: happening? That's some improv. There's a little bit of improv in the scene he came up with. Yeah,
2: he's yeah. he's helping his fellow actor out there.
0: A little a little he's like I saw this tiny I saw this tiny garbage can. I thought I could do something with it. But guys,
1: this is a big setup for the real payoff of Magnetic Boots. So yeah. like you were yes. thinking how are they going to nail this joke? Nothing could be funnier than this toilet in the wall. How are they going to top it? But there's Magnetic Boots. Pure comedy, Jordan. We got to hear yeah. her we hear off-screen sound effects of her climbing a wall. That's it. She puts on magnetic boots and is able to climb up the wall to use the washroom, which still doesn't explain why they would have put the toilet on the wall. Oh, they other that. than they other that. than the, sh- the ship thinks thinks it's funny.
0: No, they explain that. Did they? You have to wait until the rotation's in the right area to so use that bathroom.
1: Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, makes sense. It checks out. But, I, that's that's I, what they I say. I pull back all comments.
0: Can you wait till the rotation gets to the right angle, or do you need to use the magnetic boots? <laughs> all right, Jordan, it all checks out yeah you're right <laughs> this this scene ends with them now they she's used the bathroom now it's going to happen the ai informs them that since they've entered the sleeping quarters they're now sealed in there for a standard eight hour sleeping cycle but there are no beds to be seen so if they want to get a bed they're going to have to follow the uh what is he called the
1: bedtime procedure and uh that starts with phase one decontamination it's like a long broad scene of them putting on kind of these big red bag kind of shaped like bodies but more like balls that there's a lot of jokes of like they gotta zip each other up and take their clothes off but it's a lot of like isn't it funny that they're physically stuck in these bags that's the joke
0: yeah we get to watch them do uh do slapstick comedy of stripping naked inside of a bag and then maybe they'll kiss maybe they won't
1: yeah, which was weird, right? Because like, is that what the audience wants? Like, maybe the reporter and her are gonna fall in love. I don't, I don't know. I think they just think it's very funny to see them. I don't know. Maybe kiss. All this work that they do of this, the joke of them moving around the bags and stuff, it has the best payoff though.
0: Yeah. So well, once they've stripped themselves nude, the bags <laughs> inflate with air because that's what we were waiting for. Like it was clearly they were going to inflate to big air balloons. They jump around like they're like they're like whoa, this is full of air, isn't that crazy? And then the AI announces to them that it's time to it's time for the venting system to start. That the de- now that the decontamination is complete, at which point the both bags start extruding air out of them, and they just make the biggest farting noise possible.
2: But the air also comes out of their butts. Well, of course. I was about to say, you, uh, Luke, you miss you missed the most key part of that, you know, the venting out of their buttholes.
0: <laughs> also, I mean, the air is also now like a a shade of white for some reason. <laughs> and it's it's space and and it's just like there's a big fart noise and then the episode ends and i was like this is just me but i was just like wait that was just phase one we're just gonna like it felt like we were stopping in the middle of a series of gags we were about to watch but it's just like cuts the episode just cuts to a cold stop
1: no they had to end up that was the high note it wasn't gonna get better than that and they said if we have two people farting at one time the audience is gonna be laughing so hard into the next episode just cut it cut it there
2: also you see the thoughts yeah,
1: they're visibly yeah. Vi- they're visible. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's it's the full audio visual presentation.
1: <laughs> it's it's really using the TV medium to its fullest. <laughs> Precisely.
0: All right. Well, I mean, those are the first two episodes of Come Home,
2: Mrs. Noah. I don't know. Do we do we cover it all? Is there anything you guys needed to talk about still that I didn't cover? I, I do have one thing in the first episode, particularly. I really watching it. My impression of it was that. This is how North Americans sound when they do fake British accents. <laughs> <laughs> that entire first episode, like their call sign is Tip Top, so it's like Tip Top to Aki Aki Tip Top, <laughs> uh, Tip Top. Oh yeah, when they test out the computer, they talk about how the first time they use it, all they got were crumpets. <laughs> you know, and they say, you know, it's like, Good Lord, Great Scott! All this. I was like, Oh my God, this is exactly how it sounds like when people are like, Oh my God. You're British, let me let me do this tip top crumpet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nico, this is just for you and me, but so it's when Michael does impersonations of you, that's what this sounds like?
2: Exactly, exactly. I honest to God, I think I've eaten one crumpet my entire life, and people just throw that. throw that at the british wall of me every every time i just i just you know get suffocated with crumpet references
0: listen i'm sure the listeners can earn in that joke they've heard michael on this podcast twice and hearing that out loud that's probably not a surprise to them (laughs) all right well you guys want do you want to should we write these episodes what do you want uh, let's talk about the pilot uh nico i don't know if you remember but we do this out of 10 stars if you want to lead us off with the pilot, what do you want to give this episode of 10 stars?
2: Oh, my God. Um, this one, actually, I was able to watch all the way through, which I don't think I can save for the second episode. <laughs> so for this one, I'm going to give it, I don't know, let's say four stars. Four stars. I think I'm going to go... This this episode, I, just,
0: I was just so weird. I just kept waiting for it to, like, make sense to me, but it never it never quite did. I was just like, I can't believe this continued being a show. Uh, I'm going to give it
1: a two, I think. Luke, I can't believe it. We have the same score. I'm also giving it a two. This show is somehow less funny than it seems. Like, us describing it is funnier than actually watching this show. <laughs> it's just, like, a litany of unfunny scene after unfunny scene, so two out of ten. That's being generous.
0: All right. Well, what about episode two in orbit?
2: Again, this one, like... There was a bit in the middle where I just completely shut off and didn't <laughs> watch it. I had to like come back to it. At, at least the first one had a narrative that moved forward. This one just got bogged down in chickens shitting out eggs and people trying to <laughs> take a piss. So I'm going to give this one a... Can I do halves? Sure. Yeah. So I'll do a one and a half for this one. Oh,
1: wow. That's a
0: big drop. Well, I'm going yeah. way up on this one. I No joke. uh, That chicken had me laughing so hard the entire time. That was for me. That chicken sequence was for me. Uh, I'm going to give this a 6.5.
2: I hated that chicken so hard. I
0: (laughs) couldn't stop laughing. It was so fun. As soon as it shot that egg across the room, I'm like, oh, this is for me, everybody.
1: I'm going to give the second episode a 2.5. I'm going to go up slightly, not because it's a better show, but because I like that they spent at least a third of the episode setting up a fart joke. So (laughs) 2.5. 2.5 2.5 out of 10. Again, way, way more than this show should get.
2: I mean, I, I, I cannot disagree harder with Luke's school for that second episode. I know, I know. He's crazy.
1: Yeah. I love that chicken. Se- I, I, ha- I laughed so hard. I was like, I'm like, this show's finally clicking. Here we go. This fucking chicken sequence. On a side note, a, a lot of times we're watching these shows and we've watched some stuff that's okay. Some stuff that's good. Some stuff that's pretty bad. This obviously is in the bad quarter. And a lot of times when I'm watching these shows, I like to see how long it's going to take for me to get distracted before I just like start looking at my phone or looking at my computer. This one was about a minute and a half. (laughs) It took me into the show where I was like, oh, what else is happening in the world?
2: I'm not going to lie. The first time I tried watching this, I fell asleep. I think when Mrs. Noah. Yeah, just after the the, the Jamaican elevator. Just after that, I fell asleep.
1: Nico, I pictured you with your shirt off, asleep on the couch and a pizza on your chest.
2: You're missing the key part, which is the drool coming down my chest. <laughs> right, Jordan.
1: He was asleep on his yes. couch, shirtless, with crumpets on his
2: chest. That's true. That's uh, true. You're not. Unfortunately, jo- unfortunately, Jordan is very, very accurate. I did fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> eating pizza, watching this stupid thing.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's something, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps it up. uh Nico, thank you so much for joining us again. And sorry.
2: Thank you. I was about to say thank you for forcing this horror story into my life. I mean,
0: Jordan saw British and he thought you, so you had to come. (laughs) You're our expert.
2: (laughs) I don't think think anyone's an expert on that hot garbage. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In the meantime...
0: You uh, can get a hold of us if you know anything about Come Home, Mrs. Noah. The email address here is ContinuumDrag at gmail.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, we're going to have some clips from this show.
1: I farting, mean, If I have farting, my way, it's, boobs all, in the it's face, all robot yeah. chicken. Yeah, yeah. Chicken shooting out eggs. and I mean, again, this so is one of these funny. shows where if you watch in 10-second clips, you're like, that's, that's kind of cute and funny. But it's not. I, I, I beg everyone, don't watch this. It's not funny
0: yeah it's it's not more than the uh, it, its whole is not more than its pieces for sure yeah, exactly um, and then you can follow that at continuing drag is the handle on instagram and twitter but that's it that wraps it up so uh listener thank you for joining us and jordan i'll see you next week we'll see if mrs noah comes home we should end on a high
2: <laughs> like the show <laughs> i was about to say hopefully she stays up there. <laughs>
1: Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rex-Siedler. Produced by Jordan Dulloch and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Hughes.